Hello and welcome to Nerd vs. World, episode 65. 65 Nerds of Static. <laughs> Forgot for a second what you went with. Uh, I'm Brendan. I'm Spindles. And on today's show, we'll have a roundup of some conventions we've just been at, as well as a list of stuff we're going to be at in the future. <laughs> There's some TV show roundup, general excitement about Civil War this weekend, and the Doctor got a new companion. Yeah, something happened something. with that. Cool. And we'll chat about that. Right. Okay, what are we going to kick off with? Well, I want to hear all about Wales Comic Con personally. Okay, Wales Comic Con. Uh, yeah, well, again, a fantastic weekend. It was uh, the first time they've had a weekend-long event, so it was slightly different to the one that we went to last year. It was still at the, the university in Wrexham, uh, which is it's, it's a good venue. It's I think it's still problematic uh, because it's kind of spread out across the site a bit, and I think they they're getting to the point where they're pretty much outgrowing it with the size of the queues and the amount of people that were there. I think they're outgrowing that venue, so they may need to look at that for next year. But uh, I mean, it, they had an awesome lineup. They were just kept announcing people for the, even to the days running up to the event, uh, and it was yeah, fantastic. I, I, I was sat on Facebook just jealously watching your photo feed. <laughs> it was, yeah, like, it, was, it was brilliant. Don't hate you at all, mate. <laughs> um yeah, so, uh, we, we spent most of the, the Saturday in the, the Q&A hall, uh, basically, yeah, just listening to the, the panels all day, because there were some stunning guests in there talking, so started out with Matt Ryan, who was excellent talking about Constantine. Uh, how, did, how did Meg handle the entire weekend? Um, she had a few meltdowns. <laughs> <laughs> she had a lot of points when she wasn't noticing what was going on, like... Uh, Gareth David Lloyd, who plays Yanto from Torchwood, like passed within like a centimetre of her, and she just totally oblivious, didn't notice right. at all, and then went to bits when we were over talking to him like on the Sunday. So, yeah, uh, Michael Soccer, she went very gooey over. She that that was the one uh, uh, autograph that she got over the course of the weekend was with Michael Soccer. So yeah. He, he was really good. On the panels, uh, Matt Ryan was, yeah, he was very, very funny. Interesting to hear about his experiences, uh, certainly on, on Constantine and Arrow, uh, the potential for him to be on DC Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, there was a lot of theorising about whether Constantine would come back, how he'd do it again. Uh, and I kind of asked him about his experiences doing the video game stuff for Assassin's Creed, Black Flag, and whether he'd be up for doing Constantine as a as a game. Uh, and that was, yeah, he was he was kind of happy about that. He thought, you know, he liked the idea of doing the full motion capture again because he really enjoyed that as yeah. part of Assassin's Creed. So, yeah, it was really cool. Um, other panels that we saw on the day, uh, what do you mean, with a Doctor Who panel that was uh, Gemma Redgrave, Sylvester McCoy and uh, Peter Davison. Uh, hilarious at different moments for different things. Um, obviously, the, 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 the concept of the uh, announcement of the Doctor's companion came up, uh, <laughs> at which point they kind of said pretty much the same things that me and Emma have been saying, is, you know, are they trying to get people who watch football to watch Doctor Who, or are they trying to get people who watch Doctor Who to watch football? We weren't quite sure what the uh, what the BBC's rationale was for announcing that in the middle of a football match. Yeah, it felt odd. Middle of the semi-final of the FA Cup to have have this. Yeah, it was just <laughs> weird. It felt like 
super tryhard trying to be the Super Bowl, you know? Yeah. Because they have all their... Like That's right, yeah, because the Super Bowl have their, their commercial slots in yeah. the middle, don't they? Yeah. So it felt, yeah, super tryhard. But it wasn't advertised. Like, I didn't see it anywhere on Facebook, like on the Doctor Who pages or on Twitter. No, no. So like, all, all you got was, like, a brief announcement from Gary Lineker about yeah. it, which is just so weird. And I was just like, they've announced a new companion. I was like, really? I went and saw the uh, the announcement video. Really nonplussed. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, um, it's a new companion. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, there's there, there doesn't seem to be anything spectacular about it, so we'll just see what happens. I don't, I don't know anything she's been in before, no, so I have I. no frame of reference. Like, there's literally nothing you can say about it until yeah. you actually watch the first episode where they're in. To be yeah. honest, but yeah, it's a thing that happened. We will see. But yeah, that that kicked off some amusement because this was at like about about two o'clock in the afternoon or so, so it was well ahead of the announcement being made. Uh, and so Peter Davison ended up sending an email to Stephen Moffat on stage asking him who the new companion was. And this is the reason why I sent out that tweet yeah. on Saturday afternoon was because uh, Stephen Moffat replied via email during the panel to say that the new companion was Adric and his dinosaur girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch that show. <laughs> So that was really cool. Um, Gemma, Red, uh, Gemma Redgrave was was hilarious. She, she has the most unintentionally amusing laugh ever. She, she just I, I I can't explain it, but every time she laughed, it just creased up all the panel and all the audience. It just it was just this uh, downward spiral of giggle loops that went on. So it was yeah, it was hilarious. Um, who else did panels? It was, there was the Once Upon a Time panel, which was Michael Soccer and I, f- I forget the lady's name who plays Merida. She was on there as well. Right. It was those two. Uh, the Game of Thrones panel, where they wheeled out everyone in the building onto stage. <laughs> I saw Emma's post, right? They keep adding more chairs. We, we were stage. talking to the guy who just kept bringing chairs out. We're like, dude, how many people are on this panel? And he's like, I have no idea. They just keep telling me to bring out more chairs. <laughs> So, yeah, there, there was all sorts of people there. There was... Mark Addy was there. Um, the guy... Is it Mace Tyrell? Right, yeah. Um, the... Uh, a, a guy, the guy who played the giant in the, the battle at the end of the, of the season, the one, the giant that gets through the, the tunnel under the wall, he was there. Uh, the, the girl who... I've forgotten her character's... Oh, uh, and the, the actress's um, name. Stannis' daughter. Yes, she was there again because uh, she was the, the one last year. Um, the one who plays Roz, the prostitute in season one or two. Um, uh, who else was there? Oh, uh, Jerome Flynn, of course. Oh, cool. Bron. Yes, <laughs> yes, he was there. So uh, yeah, and there was a couple of others. Though. So it was it was an interesting paddle of of. Dead and alive and current and old and uh, it it followed the usual route of you know what was your favourite death what was your most unlikely death and stuff like that it's it it kind of brings it on to what what I think is the the only kind of problem that I can see with this weekend is they don't really do a kind of lead interview first they just go straight into audience questions right so that can be problematic and have a lot of very very random questions being asked. So I think it would benefit from having a section of a of a, of a kind of curated interview yeah, first, a moderated panel. Yeah. Okay. And do that first before launching into audience questions because it, it can be a bit 
hit and miss some of the panels going really quickly some of them having people droning on with questions for hours and hours so yeah it's it, a bit a bit of tightening up there and it'll be it'll be absolutely fine uh, then of course there was the Buffy panel. Yeah, it was, yeah, James Masters and Amber Benson. Yeah, and that was yeah, brilliant. He's he's such a such a funny guy. Yeah, I've seen the photos about that. Um, not not jealous at all. No. Like I I didn't style myself on Spike for a period. <laughs> what I was. Back in the early 2000s. Apparently one, one thing he did was he, he took a video of all of the crowd kind of cheering and whooping. Because uh, apparently what he does is is uh, he likes to congratulate anyone who turns up that he sees that is dressed as any of his characters. So anyone cosplaying them, he'll talk to them. And, do and he's recorded this video as applause for anyone who dresses up as one of his characters to play that to them. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, you get a room full of uh, Buffy fans applauding so yeah it's kind of cool so yeah it was interesting uh, I, I, the, there were some odd people who i thought would have been on panels that weren't so for example in the game of thrones panel jason momoa was there but he didn't do a panel that's weird so he was there all weekend doing signings but wasn't on any panels is he too big i don't know but i mean he, he was definitely the biggest signing draw there that weekend maybe they were just concerned that the panel would be sidetracked by aquaman and justice league questions maybe seems a bit weird though to have them there and not get them involved in the panel yeah yeah so maybe there's was... money involved maybe um yeah maybe he was just there to do autographs and not do panels so i don't know it's it's, it's one of those things that you don't know what the arrangement is that they have with the guests because apparently because they had a middle earth panel and they were asking sylvester mccoy why he wasn't on that and he was like there was a a panel, I'd have been on that. <laughs> they didn't ask me. <laughs> Responding with his usual, I was in the Hobbit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Did he get off stage and just do a walk around? No, no, he didn't on this one. No, they no. corralled him. How did they manage to do that? Well, no, they, they were just all sat on the stage because there was the three of them. Yeah, so, yeah, they 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 had a guy running around the audience with a mic that they were keeping busy. So, so yeah, that was that was really cool. I, I, Trying to think if there was any other panels that I saw that I'd forgotten about. There might be. I'd have to check my notes and photos and stuff, but it was cool. Uh, some of the cosplays there over the weekend were awesome. I took some pictures of them. The the minion Captain America I thought was particularly fantastic. Um, so yeah, it, it was a great weekend. Uh, it's, the the kind of mix of of stalls and things to do and that is is pretty good. They've got a whole kind of gaming area where they've got the retro gaming, and then they've got a, a stage where they're doing uh, kind of e-sporty type stuff as well. Cool. Uh, and then a big mix of stalls. I ended up spending thirty five quid on a, an Assassin's Creed sword cane. <laughs> <laughs> because obviously. Because yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a fair shame, mate. <laughs> Well, I didn't have one, so, you know. <laughs> I've got a friend who once bought a stick. Like, literally, it was a stick. And we rip him a lot about it. But we were, we were on a... We were getting fitted for tabards for a friend's medieval wedding. And he went off into this little Welsh town where we'd travelled to. And he came back later after disappearing for hours... With a stick. Now, it was a stick for, like, grouse beating, I guess. Mm. Um, 
But yeah, it was just he just bought a stick. Okay. A, a nice smelling stick. So your sword cane, mate. Totally legit. <laughs> totally get it. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was good. The, the, the usual pop vinyl stalls and interesting stuff. There, there seems to be uh, a, a current fad for um, pocket watches with uh, kind of weird logos and stuff on them. So there was a, a whole load of Deadpool pocket watches, which I was going to go and get one and then they'd sold out. So I, that was only like a tenner. So I consoled myself by buying an Assassin's Creed cane instead. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I can totally see your thought process. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it was cool, and there was a whole area which was just full of comics. So, yeah, the, weirdly, they, they had all the signings in, in one area, apart from Amber Benson and uh, James Masters, who they put in a different building that had all the comics in it. So there was just them in that building, which was a bit odd. Um, and I went in there, and I found... Uh, uh, an issue of Books of Magic, the one with death in it. So I bought that for a, you know, like a quid. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I spent ages just rifling through boxes of comics, which is always fun. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was a good weekend. Um, I I don't think there were, as a punter, I'm not sure there'd be enough to keep me interested for two whole days, just because there was a lot of the panels were repeated on the Sunday again. So. There wasn't much kind of difference going on, and on the Sunday, a lot of people had left. So a lot of the the guests had left. So, for example, Michael Socker and uh, Matt Ryan, and then weren't there on the second day. They were only there on on day one. So okay, but like as you say, it's the first time they've gone to a two day format. Yeah. So that was something they'll iron out for next yeah, year. Yeah, I think so. So, but yeah, it was good, and you know, for for what it is, it's absolutely fantastic. The the, the caliber of people they get there is just stunning. Yeah. So yeah, well, well worth going if you if you're around that area. Have to check it out next year. Do. I'll likely be back myself. So on the theme of comics, then. It is, free comic book day. It is indeed on the seventh of May, um, and in the spirit of convention talk, we are going to be at Hyden Geek in Worcester. Uh, it is a lovely little comic book shop, very helpful staff, lovely layout. We will be upstairs doing a live recording of the Nerd vs. World podcast. Woo! So what could possibly go wrong, folks? <laughs> Nothing could possibly go wrong with that. And I have to bear in mind, it'll be in front of an audience that might contain kids, so I can't swear. Yeah, so that's my, not going to happen. My casual use of expletives is going to have to be curtailed. It's like when I have work experience, people come in. I just stop swearing around them. Um, yeah, so we've got a couple of interviews that day as well. It'd be cool if you want to pop along, if you're in Worcester. Mm, come along come and say on hi. Um, I think Simon has put up the free comic book day rules. I think you get one free comic as standard. Then you get an additional free comic with every one that you buy. Um, so, yeah. Cool. If you're new to comics, come along with a friend who's into them and start a very expensive hobby. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Welcome to our world. Indeed. Come and join it. It's fun. Um, and Simon will do a pull list for you if you find stuff that you like. But yeah. Cool. Come along and see us get closer and closer to our goal of being Kevin Smith and Chris Hardwick. Indeed. I'm not sure which one of us is which, though. Well, we had this discussion and, uh, and we think we've decided that you're Kevin Smith and I'm Chris Hardwick. Okay. Yeah. I think that works. All right, I'm easy with that. Cool. Sweet. There we go. <laughs> right. 
So on that, uh, I guess, yeah, other con appearances coming up soon because we've got a hell of a lot. So in, in May, um, there's Lawgiver yeah. and MCM. So you'll be at... I'm going to be at Lawgiver Mark Three at the end of May. The last bank holiday Monday. Yeah, I'll be there. Oh, it's, it's over the weekend, isn't it? Because it's, it's a Saturday. Just the one day, I think. Yeah, but it's on the Saturday, right? Rather because yeah. the, the, it was it was on the bank holiday Monday, but that's why I can't make it this year because I'm you're at MCM, MCM that weekend. Yeah. So yeah, I'll be there doing some podcast interviews. Cool, uh, and at the same time, I will be at MCM doing uh, doing interviews down there. Uh, they've just announced that the, the guy who plays Raj on the Big Bang Theory is going to be there on the. That's only on the Sunday, so I don't know if we'll manage to get interviews with him or not because they they don't really do press interviews on the Sunday. So ah, we'll have okay. to see. But uh, I'll see if they pull anything out like last time when they pulled the con man paddle out on us last time. Oh, God. I knew there was a reason I'd gone off you. <laughs> <laughs> Forgotten about that. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, yeah. Alan Tudyk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and of course, then the weekend after that, it's the UK Games Expo. It is, yes. Yeah, so you'll be at the... I will be there. Yeah. Uh, I think weirdly Megan's going to be there as well, but we're not. And the games expert. Yeah, really. What are you doing? Yeah, there? she's going with one of her school friends and and their family. They're going along just to to, to go to the convention. Oh, nice. Uh, and play some games. Um, but yeah, so she'll be going without us. Why? Wow. And you'll be there at a con that she we're not going to. Be, she can be the wonky spanner sort of uh, <laughs> reporter. Yeah. Okay, that'd be cool. Uh, I might be playing in the UK Championships again for Catan. Uh, have to wait and see how that goes. Have you have you had the uh, the game down at Thirsty Maples yet? No, no not yet. Okay. Um, so yeah, we'll see how that goes. That was quite fun last year, so I might do it again. Yeah. I might enter a few more tournaments as well. I think they have a Dominion tournament, so I might enter that too, because I played that one at Thirsty Maples. Mm. Um, yeah, we had the games day in, in uh, Digcot the other week. It's kind of cool. We spent all the Sunday afternoon just sat playing games in Digcot with a bunch of people so that was kind of cool played a load of new ones that I hadn't played before so there was awesome. one called Resistance oh Resistance is so much fun I got to be the baddie both times oh it's, being the bad guy is yeah. so much more fun than being the it good guy it was awesome so we yeah we won the first time as the aliens uh, so yeah me and the other guy won and then we lost as the aliens the second time they rumbled us right there's um a free downloadable game similar to Resistance in terms of its um, eye-opening secrecy mechanic mm-hmm. based on Game of Thrones. Okay. Uh, it's kind of a cross between Resistance in its mechanic and Love Letter. Yeah, we played Love Letter as well. Um, Love Letter's a great game. Yeah, it was great. So fun. quick and easy to play. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So that's the Games Expo. Yes. I will uh, be there. I, you'll, I'll be in my Nerd vs. World branded t-shirt. Um, either at the gaming tables and the tournaments... Um, or the open gaming tables, like or trialing stuff. Yep, uh, they've got a much bigger floor sp- uh, floor space this year, so cool. more open gaming. Um, and if it's your first time there, make sure you go to the trader hall because the traders will always be running um, gaming sessions, constantly running gaming sessions. So just get involved. Sweet. Loads, and loads of indie gamers and developers there. It's a really fun weekend. Cool. I'm trying to think what other cons that we've got coming up then. So, well, there's Andromeda 2, which is September. Before that, we've got Star Wars Celebration in July. Yes, Star Wars Celebration, which you'll be at. I'll be at that. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure that we're going to be at Nine Worlds this year. I don't think we've got anything planned to be there. So, 
unless the future tech track gets back to me about doing something. I, I don't think we'll be there again this year. Yeah, I've applied for their moving picture track, but I've heard nothing back. Right, so. okay. So we shall see. Um, and then, yeah, we're, we're into the tail end of the year again, which will be um, EGX, is one that I'll be at for uh, the Eurogamer X Expo. Yeah, so I'm going to that one too. Um, yeah. Cool. So, yes, we'll, we'll be around and about. A busy couple of months coming up for sure. It is indeed. So, yeah, keep an eye on, on the site and keep your ears open for what we're up to. But in the meantime, plenty of TV to watch. Plenty. I see what you did there. It's a good segue. I've been practicing my segues. <laughs> <laughs> so, you've been binge watching a number of shows. I have recently. been binge watching the crap out of a bunch of stuff. Um,. Because I found a new site to get hold of stuff, so right. uh, uh, I've, I've been catching up on stuff that I've been meaning to watch for ages. So I watched season one of The Expanse, okay. which is fantastic. Yeah, I um, saw the first episode of season one. I thought that was an excellent show. It is, yeah. It's really, really good. It, it's a, a massive, sprawling story, and one that you've really got to <clears throat> keep, your, keep your mind on. It's not one that you can kind of watch in the background while you're doing a bunch of other stuff. You really have to pay attention to it because there's a hell of a lot going on in it. Um, it's, it's obvious that it's, it's come from a series of very well-written books that yeah. the, the plot lines are uh, yeah fairly complicated. <laughs> And it takes place all all the way across the universe, so it's a very very cool kind of hard sci-fi. Yeah, I remember having a, a bit of a, a BSG vibe to it. It does, yeah, yeah. It's kind of that that, that kind there's of a, there's a Blade Runner cross dark there as well. gritty future. Yeah, 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 yeah very much so. Yeah. Uh, and a bit of the kind of alien type of thing of you know they send people off in ships to do work for a long time because it's all about the relationship between earth mars and the people who are in the asteroid belt in between yeah so it's all about the politics of those three sets of society and how they all inter interrelate to each other yeah and including the different physiologies of the people from different societies yeah yeah yeah, it's, yeah it was very clever but it's it's and there's some cool actors in it. There's a Tom Jane's in it, and he's fantastic as the detective. Actually, what ended up watching the uh, Tom Jane Punisher movie the other night again, and it's great apart from John Travolta. Can <laughs> <laughs> be said of so many things. I know, right? <laughs> well, Battlefield Earth that might be stretching it a little. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so yes, the expanse. I thoroughly enjoyed it. So yeah, do do try and watch that, and I uh, can't wait for season two of that to come out. Uh, another interesting one was Killjoys, which is, I, I haven't even heard. You've of not this even one. heard of it. The, I think this was a summer show last year. Um, it's only a ten episode season, uh, which is what the same as expanse, which is why I've been mainlining them because yeah. they're just ten episodes. So we've been doing them in, in like a day. Um, but it's um, one of the Ashmores. I can't remember whether it's Scott or Aaron Ashmore. It's one of them in it as as one of the main characters, and it's kind of it, a cross between. Um, Firefly and Farscape. Okay, I'm in, I'm intrigued. Already. So it's a bunch of people who play Killjoys who are essentially bounty hunters uh, who are authorised to go and kind of bring people back. So they kind of, yeah, they, they get kind of warrants to go and find people and bring them back and they have different levels of warrants that are whether they're brought back dead or alive or whatever. Um, and then Ashmore's brother turns up and he's uh, a marine 
uh, who had a kill order on him and has lost his memory and has had some kind of weird experimentation done on him uh, and he doesn't quite know who he is and they set up a team and they go off doing all this and have to go off and do jobs to uh, keep themselves afloat, as it were. So it's it's kind of the essence of Firefly, but the kind of shininess of Farscape. So it's it's got that kind of the production design of Farscape. Cool. So it it's kind of camp and a bit silly, but really quite enjoyed it. It's it does get quite harsh as well. So it's 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 definitely not one for kids. It's uh, fairly graphic. Okay. Cool. But it was yeah, it was a very interesting show. It's it's proof that sci-fi are actually doing decent sci-fi again because they both these shows are from sci-fi. Yeah, the last offering was Defiance, wasn't it? Yes, which we we yeah. all know how that ended with us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I lasted twice as long as you did. I got to the end of episode two. <laughs> True. Um, Had so much potential. I made it that far. I made it to episode two. Did you? I thought I thought you gave up after episode one. No. Was it Emma that gave up after episode one and I watched the second one. It was the come as you are. Yeah, come as you are. Yeah. That was the table flip moment for me. Yeah. Yeah, it was episode two. Yeah, that was it. Okay, so we got to the same place then. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Unified table flipping. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, uh, sci-fi seem to be doing some really good shows now. So I'm, I'm kind of uh, kind of impressed. Sweet. Um, you were saying you've seen Mr. Robot as well? I, I'm almost finished Mr. Robot, yeah, season one. Um, okay, almost finished. How almost. I, th- I think I've got two episodes to go. Have you worked it out yet? Uh, well, I worked it, I think I pretty much had it worked out in episode one when he pushed him off the balcony that Christian Slater isn't real. So uh, there's been, uh, I think it, he's just turned up at the door and he's uh, he's remembered that it's his dad and his sister and stuff. So spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen <laughs> Mr. Robot. Well, to be fair, it's been out for over a year, so you've, yeah. you've had your chance. Um, yeah. So I, I, I kind of, I, I twigged that at the end of episode one, that Christian Slater wasn't real. I suspected the whole Fight Club thing yeah. from the start, but there's one... There's one particular episode that gives it away. Um, it's when the mob around at his flat mm-hmm. and his girlfriend's outside. Yep. And he goes down the stairs and Christian Slate's character's waiting there for him. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for him to be there at that point. He's completely unattached to everything that's going on because he's been isolated. Yeah. That was the moment where I was just like, yeah, yeah. I think for I me know. it was it was when it was solidified. I think when the the hacker group were talking to him as if he was the one in charge. Yeah, uh, and that I was like, right, okay, so he, he is Christian Slater, and that's his kind of alter ego talking. Yeah, it's Tyler Durden. Yeah, basically. Yeah, um, but it was well done. Yeah, I think it's very very well done. And as I said, I, I, I haven't had the official thing that that's what it is yet but i imagine that's where the next episode is going as christian slater's just turned up at the door and said i think we ought to talk yeah it's like yeah i know what this is gonna be because <laughs> that's at the point when he's realized about his sister and yeah realized that he's a bit mad a bit mad he's fucking insane yeah but yeah so yeah great series. i'm really enjoying it i i'm i'm particularly enjoying the realism of a lot of the stuff they're doing from the kind of the, the actual software development side of me is is nodding and going, oh, yeah, 
okay. <laughs> so I like it. You're appreciating the uh, attention to detail. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I, yeah, and there were certain things as well, like where there was. I had to Google it at the start because he ran a command and I saw it on the screen. I'm going, I don't recognize that as a, as a Unix command. And so I went and Googled it and it, it is, it's a Unix command they've made up specifically for this show. So oh, wow. it, it, it actually encompasses a couple of things that I thought it was doing, uh, but they've bundled it as a fictional thing. So yeah, there's a lot of realism in what they're doing there, which, cool. is, which is very cool. Uh, I like that, uh, you know, they have conversations about Unix and actually you get to see a lot of command line stuff going on and uh, they, they don't do too much over-reliance on silly UIs where there needn't be UIs apart from the whole, you know, when they're tracing the server and the server's blinking and stuff it's like that. It's a bunch of crap. But <laughs> everything else is pretty much there. <laughs> so, yeah, I approve. And I approve of the episode naming conventions, which I don't know if you've noticed, they... That they're all named after uh, media file formats. Yeah. So MKVs and AVIs and ASFs and so, yeah, I, I approve. It's suitably nerdy, so I think I need to do a bit of googling to find out the people involved in writing it and see whether Check they have a background. Yeah, in, I'm sure they probably do. I, I, I'm fairly sure they do. Or they'll have advisors. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what interests me is that it's that there's a credit in the titles to something called anonymous content, and I'm wondering if that is actually part of anonymous hmm. or not, because it's entirely possible because they are essentially aping a lot of the stuff that anonymous are doing, and using the masks and the uh, announcements and the videos and stuff. So, whether they're aping it with anonymous knowing about it and, and helping them out, or whether they're just making reference to Anonymous, I don't know. It would be quite interesting to yeah, know. It would be. Well, let us know what you find out. I will. <laughs> <laughs> I'll dig a little deeper. <laughs> I have also been mainlining old TV shows. Um, I kept seeing adverts for a show called The 100 during the breaks in, in Monday Night Raw. Mm. And I thought I'd check it out. And it was free on Amazon Prime, the first two seasons, and I'm now all the way up to date with the end of season three. Nice. It's an awesome show. It really it's is. It's another great show from the CW as well, which is the main thing. Yeah. No, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I, I liked, I, I especially like the total differences between seasons one and two, because season one is pretty much all set on either the the, the, the arc or yeah. in the, the camp. Ship. Yeah. Uh, and and I like the dynamic of that, and then they kind of just leave all of that behind, and then it becomes an, a, a season of on the ground uh, and a bit of the stuff in the mountain, and then you have the emergence of the AI and yeah, stuff in season three, which is City of Light, so well phenomenally done. good. Yeah, and, and I love it because it, it doesn't compromise, and it's a very very hard hitting show. Yeah, the amount of character deaths, yeah. mainline character deaths, is incredible. Like. The first one that got me was Wells. Yeah. Back in like episode three of season yeah. one, I think. Yeah. When this girl just straight up stabs him in the neck. Yep. And it's not like an off screen stabbing. It's not like she goes with a knife and he you see blood. It's like you see her stab him in the neck. Yep. And then when she gets dealt with is yeah. utterly harsh. Yeah. It's, it's just such a bleak show. Which surprised me a lot. Mm. 
But I'm loving the tone of it. I'm loving the language. Mm. Like the grounder language. Yes, if you listen to the grounder language, you can hear what they're saying and you're related to the subtitles. And it's interesting that they that they are they've effectively created like a patois. Yeah. It's almost like pig Latin. Yeah. Um for for English. I'm loving the fact that it's using science fiction as a platform to be progressive mm. in its portrayal of characters and relationships. Uh, I know there's been some outcry because an LGBT character was killed off recently. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're at least writing these characters. Yep. And writing them as complete characters. She's not... Well, she wasn't a focal uh, character... Because no. of her lifestyle choices, no, that was just that was an, an incidental of her character. Yeah, um, I think the character writing is great. I think Octavia for me is probably the most well-written character I've seen in a I while. I think so, and I'm, I'm interested to see where Octavia goes now after after the Lincoln debacle. Yeah, uh, of all the female leads in science fiction, I know that Clark is the the de facto she's leader. Just whiny. I get so pissed off with Clark because she just does everything wrong. She just makes ridiculous decisions and then runs yeah. off in the direction of that going, ah! Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so a lot of it suffers from sort of season four, Sons of Anarchy onwards. Yeah. Where the dramatic irony that's present in the narrative isn't really moving the story on. It's literally just like, you know as soon as someone's made a decision... Back at camp, someone who doesn't know about this decision is going to fuck it up somehow. Yeah. Um, you just know that. And I'm hoping that they tighten that up a little bit for season four of the 100, because that seems to have been the main problem for me with this season. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, the the rounding of the characters, and the, again, the allegory for racial tension is just present throughout. Uh, the Grounders versus the Sky sky Crew. Mm. Um yeah, it's, it's doing what sci-fi should do. It's not putting any punches. And it is acting as a mirror for our society, really. We yeah. watch that, we see aspects of our lives reflected in it, which is what not just good sci-fi, but good storytelling should do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I was really impressed with it. I thought it was going to be another one of those shows that I just would gloss over mm. as being disposable. But actually, it's it's grabbed me. I think it's good to watch in in chunks. I think. Yeah. Uh, I think I might get frustrated watching it on a weekly basis, so we tend to kind of save them up and watch them all in a big, in one big splurge because it's uh, it's one of those shows that I think I have to be in the right mood to watch. Yeah, I can see that. I guess. Uh, but uh, yeah, yes, yeah, so I've just been mainlining that. Um, I do love Murphy's Law. Murphy's great. If yeah, if you uh, if you Google that now, that, that, that it specifically refers to Murphy in the hundred now as Murphy's law. You know, if something really unpleasant and unlucky is going to happen, it's going to happen to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Poor guy. But he's a survivor. But again, his character has changed and developed. Like the principal characters that landed in the first episode. The ones that are still alive, of which there's not many. There's not many left now. They've all had some kind of development. I mean, I think the one who's developed the least is probably Monty. Mm. But that would have changed recently with the whole mummy issues. Mum, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, everybody else has had development. Yeah. Which I think is great, 
Especially considering that it's a short season one show. So, 13 episodes season one, 16 season two. Yeah. But yeah. Well worth a watch if you haven't watched it already. Definitely. Um, especially if you're a fan of The Tribe. Yeah, it's very much a kind of yeah, a, an updated version of The Tribe. Imagine The Tribe, but other... where adults do suddenly appear and where they're not quite so teen angsty and more violent. Mm. But yeah, it's definitely got that sort of vibe about it. But yeah, that's what's been keeping me busy recently. Yeah, it's been kind of cool. Yeah. I do enjoy that show. So I've, I think I've got about two episodes to watch and then I'm I'm at the end of the season, so I'll finish that off. But yeah, we're coming to end of season on a whole bunch of stuff yeah. now. I think, uh, I think I saw the Limitless finale today. So yeah, I've seen I've seen the first part of the finale, so I've got to, got to watch the, uh, the second episode yeah. tonight. Of all the new seasons we had last September, that's been the one that's impressed me the most. I, I love Limitless. I, I think it's absolutely yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Such a good show. So I would recommend that to anyone. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those shows that you can sit and just watch it, or it's, it's it can be a background show. Mm. I mean, it's just quality entertainment all the way through. Uh, yeah, worth a watch. But yeah, and you've got to get up to date with the blacklist, because there's been a massive curveball thrown okay. in the blacklist a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I saw it up to the point where she got exonerated. Yeah, you've got a few episodes to go after that, and it gets fairly harsh after that. Okay. So, All yeah, right. you, you really do need to, to get up to speed with that, because, yeah, I, I want to talk about it, but Fair. I can't. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right. My homework, then, is to watch that show. It's not really a challenge. It's a great show. It is, yeah. It's, it's phenomenal. I, I, I would just sit and watch James Spader all day. He's so good in that show. Yeah. Um, other stuff what are we up to Elementary Elementary's had this big reveal leading into its finale mm. um, a call back to season one yes indeed so and it's just awesome this season's been really really good mainly because of John Noble John Noble is phenomenal I, I cannot get enough of him no in, in anything that he's in he's just just uh, an incredible actor yes um, but yeah his Morland Holmes has been Impressive and sinister. Yes, very much so. Yeah. It's worth a watch. Cool. Okay, so what have we got coming up soon then? Uh, oh, actually, one returning one is um, Fear the Walking Dead is back. Um, I've watched the first two episodes uh, and it's less irritating than season one. I, <laughs> I, didn't get very, I didn't get very far with season one, if I'm honest. No, well, no, I, I, I watched it all just because... It's Walking Dead, so I thought yeah. I'd you know give it the benefit of the doubt and watch it all. But it was it was pretty tedious and mainly filled with unlikable main characters, which was the problem with it. Um, but this season, it sees them on all on a boat and out in the middle of nowhere. So it kind of does it does some of the things from World War Z the books that we haven't seen in, done in any zombie films or TV shows yet, which is the idea of what happens to zombies in water. They turn to porridge, surely, right? Well, it's it's interesting because they're alive, and do they float? Do they sink? Do they, What do they do? Well, in Land of the Dead, they just walk across the bottom, hmm. don't they? They don't need to breathe. No. But, yeah, so it's, it's interesting, and that's it, it's showing how... 
how they deal with the zombie apocalypse on a boat, which is something that they haven't quite done in, in, in a lot of other zombie literature yet. So it's kind of cool. But uh, they're still fairly unlikable, all of the cast. Right, yeah. Uh, of course, Game of Thrones came back as well. Game of Thrones came back. And yeah, so it's now a question of when someone brings Jon Snow back to life. <laughs> well, do you think that's what the... the the deal was with Melisandre. Yeah. Do you think her becoming old was sacrificing her remaining life to help bring him back? Possibly. Because we know there's been somebody else has been cast as a red lady. Yeah. So And Thoros of Mir is due to come back. Yeah. Well that's meant to be for Lady Stoneheart, I think. Mm. But yeah. It just seems odd that like he's still there. Like he hasn't been burnt on a pyre yet, you know, and they're they're guarding this man's body. Yes. Like everything seems to say that he's not. We're not quite finished with him yet. Well, indeed, they, they've 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 left the Onion Knight, and then a bunch of the others locked up in that room with an ultimatum. And I think the only way they can all get out of that alive and well is potentially for Jon Snow to come back to life and walk out and go, "Ha, you fuckers!" <laughs> yeah. There's a theory going around. I think it was Jessica Chobot and the Nerdist had this theory that he might be the new Knights King, the new sort of White Walker. Oh king. right, okay, the, right. So the King of the the White Walkers. Yeah. Okay. Because his story seems to follow that of the first one. Okay. So again, it's all about cycle and repetition. Hmm. So he 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 is dead. So they've not lied to us by saying he's definitely no. dead, but he's still very, very much present. Um, yeah. But as as for other storylines in that, any any big surprises as far as you were concerned? No, not really. Like, I I, I thought it was, I thought that um, what's his name was uh, criminally underused as Martel. Oh yeah. To kill him off was just, you know, you could have done so much more with him as an actor, because he's awesome. <laughs> we saw it coming, though. Well... It was, it was obviously going to come. Yeah. Like, as soon as, as soon as Marcella got back to... Well, as soon as her corpse got back to uh, Cersei, mm. that was the only way that was ending. Yeah. You know? They had to take action. But the spear through the face was a bit. Uh... That was that was brutal, <laughs> but it also looked a bit dodgy CGI wise as well. It did, but you know, it 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 came from out of nowhere that the shock of it, I think, just papered yeah. over any any cracks in the CGI. It's like, Fuck. It's like okay, we're shaping up for a bit of oh no no <laughs> no, no fight, just stabbed from behind through the face. Uh, yeah, I thought the. Uh... Varys and Tyrion stuff is quite funny. Oh well, yeah, th- th- they are the comedy duo, in- the comedy duo of Dawn <laughs> for your baby to eat. yes, Tyrion and Varys's comedy hour. Yeah, but like, uh, it's weird. I saw this video earlier on. A guy called Aussie Man. He does these funny reviews of animal fights and stuff, and hockey matches he actually did a game of thrones review and i was watching that and he made some really good points like this is all about going back to first season 
patterns. Like Arya is learning to fight again, like she did in season one. Mm -hmm. It's all about returning to your base, removing your masks, and starting afresh. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which I think every story that was mentioned in episode one of season six sort of set that in motion. Daenerys is back with the Thraki. You know, Jamie and Cersei are back to being ruthless. You know. Mm. Sansa's realising who she is. Tyrion's on a walkabout in a weird city. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I wasn't particularly overwhelmed by the opening episode. No, no. I I think a lot of it was necessary placement. Yeah. It just did what a season premiere had to do, which was put the pieces in place for the rest of the stories that yeah. follow. Which it did well. Yeah. You know, it's I'm I'm kinda happy for Brienne now that she's you know, she's at least got one of the Starks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, After dear. all of her traipsing around last season, she kinda deserved to at least find one of them. <laughs> yeah. I was talking of uh Gwendolyn Christie. I got the Force Awakens Blu ray. Yes. There's some special features on there. It just feels like Captain Phasma was written in just because they liked the costume design. Hmm. Which feels a bit weak. Yeah. Because that was originally the design for Kylo Ren. There's meant to be some... Uh, Ren was originally more Phasma than all dressed in black. But it didn't go that way. So, yeah. Gotta be honest, I watched The Force Awakens again and it's still fucking brilliant. Yep. Uh... The special features are good. I haven't watched all of them. I've watched most of them. The story of a, of a Force Awakens, yeah. that first four-parter, yeah. that's outstanding. Yeah, that was really good. Um, I was disappointed with the cutscenes, though. Yeah? I thought there'd be more. And I was led to believe that there was a Maz Kanata cutscene. Okay. Which wasn't there. I was like, oh, it's a bit of a shame. And like, no gag reel. Well, you're never going to get a gag reel with Star oh, Wars. Come on. The, it's not going to happen. Daisy Ridley and John Boyega and Oscar Isaac on set. Your ah, ah, look, Harrison Ford's broken his leg. <gasps> Too soon. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. It's a, it's a great Blu-ray. But yeah, that, that struck me as being a bit, a bit odd. Mm. That really she was just there because... They liked the costume and didn't want to get rid of it, so they found a way of using it. Although, serious question, do you know anyone who bought the light side version? No. <laughs> I was I was, I was, was in Sainsbury's the other day, got a picture on my phone, like, all their dark side stock is sold out, but all their light side stock is just sat there on the shelf waiting to be bought. It's like, oh my God, in other news, Sainsbury's also out of cookies. <laughs> but yeah. Because yeah. I got the I got the uh, dark side version from Amazon on the pre-release. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I picked up the dark side one from Sainsbury's. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. don't know. Megan was like, "Which one are you buying?" So, of course, the dark side one. Why would you bother buying the light side one? Yeah, no, that, <laughs> that made me laugh the other day. It's like, literally, all the light side stock is still there. Yeah. <laughs> Says a lot about society as a whole, I think. <laughs> it really does, you know. We're rooting for the goodies, but we want the dark side, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, the other, other bit of news, and, and why I've kind of I, why I've pushed for the 65 Days of Static reference as the title, Go for it. is that uh, the, the news that 65 Days of Static have been doing the soundtrack for No Man's Sky, which I didn't think I could be any more excited about this game. I was so wrong. Yeah. 
Oh. I can't, it's, it's, it's the perfect pairing. I can't think of anyone better to be doing a soundtrack for a game like this. Yeah, massive open world universe and post-rock. Yeah, utterly stunning. They're, they've yeah. got a double album coming out next month for it. And yeah, I just... I, I mean, I've heard Supermoon, the first track that they've released, which is fantastic. And it, yeah, it sets the bar for the game quite high. So, I, yeah, I'm going to be losing so much of my life to that game. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm back on Elite Dangerous at the moment, but I, I fear I may well be putting down my Asp Explorer when this comes out and just spending a long time playing this game. Yeah, I was looking forward to No Man's Sky anyway, but then when I got your message about 65 Days of Static, I was like, yep, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's on my list. So I'm very, very happy about that. So, I, yeah, I just cannot wait to play this game now. Sweet. Cool. Cool. Uh, what else? Oh, of course, this weekend is Civil War. What will we be doing this weekend? Well, let us think. <laughs> I will have, yeah, well, by the time this goes out, I will have seen it at least once. Um, oh, well, I don't think I'm going to see it till Sunday, so... I'm seeing it at the Thursday night premiere at midnight. Mm. Uh, so, I'm a little concerned, because all the reviews I've seen have been, like, best Marvel film yet. And I'm mm. like, yeah, well, it's going to be. I'm just waiting for the DC fans to come and start a backlash. Like, I think the response to Batman vs. Superman was so split and so brutal, and some diehard DC fans got really butthurt when they circled the wagons. I'm worried about reactionary slamming of Civil War just for, you know, balance. I, but I don't think it can, because the problem is that Batman vs. Superman was weak yeah, as a, as a film. film. Yeah, but like, <laughs> people still defended it. Well, yeah, people there, there were it. things to defend about it, and it was okay, but I, I, I don't think that you could give Civil War a bad review if it's a good movie just because I think you're a fan of DC. I don't know. I think we're putting too much faith in the internet peoples. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe um, I'm being slightly naive yeah. here then. <laughs> It's just a concern I have that maybe there might be just some... That's my stomach. Just some response just for the sake of a response. Right, okay. Um, I wonder no, you know, illusions about the film. If it's a bad film, I'll be the first to say it. Well, yeah. But I don't think it will be. No, I, I'm I massively awesome. looking forward to yeah. it. So. Yeah. Uh, the latest teaser had Spider-Man fighting Bucky, so I'm kind of yes. looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, on, on Spider-Man, uh, Iron Man will be appearing in Homecoming. Ah. Robert Downey Jr. is part of the deal with Marvel and Sony. He'll be crossing over for that. Okay. So it looks like he'll be the new mentor for Spider-Man. Interesting. Which could be cool, because it could lead to the Iron Spider suit, which would be pretty sweet. Yeah. But in other news, um, Michael Keaton will not be the villain. Okay. He was slated to play the Vulture, but he won't be. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. I, I think who would make a, a good vulture is the, the, the guy who played um, JJ in the original, in the Sam Raimi Spider Man trilogy. I think he'd be good as a vulture. Hmm. A older now. I've, I've completely forgotten his name. He won the Oscar last oh. year for yeah, the drumming uh, movie. Simmons. What's his J.K. Name? Simmons. J.K. Simmons. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think he'd be good as a vulture. Right. I guess then, the only other news is the castle casting news. 
Now, yes, this, yeah, this is interesting. This is a bit of a surprise all round. Yeah. Um, especially as it looks like it's been done for financial reasons. Right, okay. So Deadline have got a pretty big report on this, but um, Stanley Kasich and Tamara Jones, so basically Beckett and Laney, will not be returning for season nine. Mm. Uh, they've filmed two separate endings for season eight depending on how the show goes. Um, it's only been picked up for a 13-episode run for season 9 in the first place because of falling figures. But yeah, the announcement was made that these guys will not be returning and that it was for financial reasons. But uh, A lot of other stuff has come out around that about Nathan Finney and Sandy Katich not getting on. Okay. Apparently he has a clause in his contract that they only film together two, two days a week. Wow. Yeah. So, okay, there's a lot of stuff going on there. I well, think- and it was weird that they didn't tell the cast. I mean, the guy who plays Esposito found out on Twitter, yeah. and it's like, what the hell? Yeah, well, they're meant to be staying, Mark, uh, Huertas and the other guy mm. staying on, but it's all, I guess, like season eight took on a new writing team. The original creator left in mm. season seven. Um, so yeah, that's a show up in the air now. I don't think it works without Beckett. I don't think it will work without Beckett. I, th- I think, you know, if, if that's it, I think they should just draw a line under it at the end of this season and, yeah. and use the ending that finishes it off. Yeah. I think that would that would be my preference, I would say. Yeah. Well, I think we've both agreed and said in the past that actually the ending of season seven was the ending the yeah. series deserved. Yeah. Uh, and that was written because they didn't know where they were picked up. They should have just left it at that because that tied everything together really yeah. beautifully. Yeah, that was a nice ending, so yeah. Uh, it feels like it should have ended there. Yeah. yeah. Have, you oh. seen the, have you seen the latest episode, though? Uh, yes, I have, yeah. With the, with the immortal man. Yes, yes, I have. That was see, hilarious. A great episode. Yes. It's still a great show. I just can't see it continuing without, without Beckett. No. She makes that show. Like, Nathan Villian's great, and Castle's a funny character, but he's not a funny character if he doesn't have Beckett to play off. No. Uh, and the stories would not get moved along if it wasn't for Beckett. Yeah. So, yeah. I can't see season nine being particularly good if it goes to season. Mm. But, yeah. That was big. The deadline story is out there, and it's huge. Uh, it should be checked out if you want. I'll put a link into the show notes. Yep. Cool. That's I think that's about us. That's about us for today. Um, okay. That's all for this time. Thank you very much for listening. Hi. And until next time, I've been Brendan. I've been Spindles. Take care and be excellent to, to each other. Fuck that up the night. It'll do.